group. We are back after a week or so hiatus, and glad to be back. John is joining me, Pastor John, the assistant pastor here at Meriden Hills. Pastor Ethan, our youth pastor, will be with us shortly. So, Pastor John, we are on the chapter of the law of the picture, and this is chapter 13 of the book that we've been covering, Laws of Leadership, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership right. by Maxwell. Right. Do you want to give us a brief uh, definition of what this law states? Monkey see, monkey do. How about that? That's about <laughs> as brief as you can get, and that pretty much sums it up. So, you know, I have, as a child, I was unknowingly using this law. Sure. I didn't realize right. it. So I actually remember having a history teacher in 7th and 8th grade, and I was just kind of figuring out who I was. You know, middle school is a tough time of life. You, who you were in elementary is not who you are in high school, hopefully. And middle school is that transition is. phase, yep. right? And so you're trying to figure out the goofiness of, of your body doing crazy things. You're trying to figure out which part of my elementary life do I like and want to grow and mature and which part do I want to abandon completely. Anyways, I was becoming a leader. Those are my first right. steps towards leadership during that age. I had a history teacher who was in the Army Reserves. He had served uh, active duty and then had, had gone into reserves, maintaining that you know every so often, six weeks or so, he would be gone right. on, a, on a weekend trip, and then we'd see him again after a few days. And his name was Mr. Shirley. Now, Mr. Shirley would tell us a lot about his war stories, and we would have a great time listening to them because any time he was talking about war stories, we weren't learning about right. class. So right. that was a great thing for middle school boys. But I got to tell you, I wasn't just listening to his stories, and he really was a great teacher. He was a history teacher. I actually watched how he handled our class. So in middle school, I remember we had, I think it was four middle school teachers. I did not like all four of my middle school teachers. I tolerated two of them. I really liked one of them, and I was okay with the fourth. Mr. Shirley was the one I really liked. Right. The ones that I tolerated, I just learned what I needed to for the grade. The one that I kind of liked, she was, uh, it was one of my, I think she was my English teacher. I kind of liked her, and I liked her enough to, to not hate English. But Mr. Shirley taught me more than just history. Mr. Shirley taught me how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. From the very beginning of my career there at that school, two-year uh, middle school career, right. I learned from him mostly from the law of the picture, watching what he did. Mm -hmm. And I came out of that middle school time of my life a stronger leader. I definitely was not, you know, where I, where I am today at 39, but I was a lot further along than I was in fifth grade, right. in sixth grade. And Mr. Shirley, coming from the military, I'm pretty confident now in my age, he knew exactly what he was doing. Correct. He realized that these middle school boys and girls were watching him, and he made sure that his attitude, his words, his actions reflected the style of leadership he wanted us to follow. Right. Because it's not enough to hear... We must see. Right. Did you have the benefit of a leader like that in your life, John? Someone you could watch and and not learn what not to do, but learn what to do from this person. Right. And for me, it wasn't just a teacher. It was a senior in high school who was in the same school as I was. And he was, uh, I think, in his senior year, he just understood that he was needing to step it up spiritually. And so he did. And I don't remember much about his, his, his uh, leadership before his senior year. But it was in that senior year that he started Bible clubs at our school. He was very, uh, you know, in, in influencing and different things in youth group and really was something that I looked up to and thought, wow, um, maybe God will allow me to be that one day. Hmm. And I would love to go that direction. 
And when I get to be older, I'd love to be able to, you know, do that. Um, that was probably the first time I recognized that I want to do what that person's doing. And that's, I think, what a leader needs to emulate. Something that your followers or your other leaders say, I want to do that. And that right there uh, usually takes the, you know, is what this is the law of the picture is about. And there's no, no, uh, there's definitely a reason that John Maxwell went to the military for the first like four pages of this chapter. Yes, I think it was more. <laughs> yeah, it, was more yes, it was a great, yes. you know, show review. Um, but yeah, <laughs> 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 but you know, the the reality is the military has really lived by this example for the longest time, and that's why the people that are coming just you know the way of college and officer training school sometimes don't get the respect of those that are coming through the ranks and are enlisted officers because because they not just uh, know how to do it, they show people how to do it. And that's what a lot of times people respond to mm. because they want somebody who doesn't say, follow me. It's, it's it, well, they want somebody that says, do this. They want somebody that says, follow me, and we'll do this together. Mm. And that's exactly what the law of the picture is. Now, the law of the picture requires an ability to connect with people. In his book, he mentioned one of the officers of Easy Company who would constantly look for opportunities to, to walk away from the group, to for whatever reason, he's introverted, he's scared, you know, different reasons, he was not with the people. And that hurt the group significantly. Right. Ethan, I think one of your greatest strengths is you have a gift of connection. Right. It comes easily to you to connect with people. Now, that is a strength when you are acting out what you are teaching. Because when you're not, it's easy for people to recognize real fast, are you fake or are you real? Right. Now, when did you realize how important this law of picture was as a leader of teenagers who are very skeptical in today's current state? Uh, a lot more skeptical, I think, than they were when I was a teenager, possibly even than when you are. How do you lead teenagers who are very skeptical, and how do you... Uh, how do you achieve the law of picture, and when did you realize how important it was? Okay, so to answer the first question, well, when did I see that it was important? Um, I started noticing it was important when I was in high, when I was in high school. And so why? How did, what was it happening in high school that you noticed? Right, that? because it was easy to tell um, when there were teachers, authority figures, who were asking you to do one thing, and then when like doing the opposite of what they're asking. Mm -hmm. They were not modeling, um, leading by example what they're asking us to do. So there's that, you know, as far as discipline is concerned, being disciplined. Well, you're not very disciplined. Why would I be disciplined if you're not disciplined? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, as on the other side of leadership, yes. saw the failings of leaders right. and decided that would not be you. Yes, and then so if you, and thankfully that's recent experience. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that far yet removed from being a teenager. <laughs> I can't say that, you know, 15 years from now, but now I can, I can still, like, you know, it's, it's, it's within the 10-year range, so I can still remember it. Um, as far as what was the second question? The second question was how do you – you connect so well with people. You're around them all the time. How do you achieve the law of picture when, they, when the teens know you so well? Um, so you know, to your point you are saying earlier, if you, it's easy for them to see you being fake. So before, uh, I, I can say – I say confidence, I, but it's more like I, I know this. It's just, it just – it's the facts. My first years here, I wasn't doing that well. Um, and I, I actually like – what Maxwell wrote in in the book there, he said leaders possess understanding of how, of how mission provides purpose, of how vision provides a picture, and how strategy provides a plan. I have no idea what those three things were my hmm. first two years here. Actually, I, yeah, like you think I went to like a college where and I, I, I believe they taught those ideas, but it wasn't like made like 
super mission critical. Like that, you have to have these essential values. Right. And so, I think once I got to that point where I understood, okay, here's I actually have to I have to have a vision of where this group is going. I need to have a God-given vision for where where does how does He want me to play a role in individual students' lives. Once I got that. Um, it was a lot easy to a lot easier to determine. Okay, I'm not just connecting with you, but I can connect with you on purpose now because I see where we're going. So, and have you seen teenagers respond better to that these last few years yes. than you did the first two years? <laughs> oh when my you were Not doing that. So so good. So wow. Um, short answer is yes, and a little bit longer answer is there's a marked difference from my interactions with them before. I'm excited for the next few years because. The kids that I see the the changes now they're like they're like juniors seniors so it's like I mean they get they still get to see the benefits of a healthier leader mm. but I'm excited for my younger students my seventh and eighth graders sixth seventh eighth graders because they're starting off with a youth leader who's who doesn't have it all together but who's just a little bit more competent than they were the first two years of life in ministry. Right. <laughs> all right. John says right. John agrees with you. Okay. <laughs> John, you have your Bible open. Why don't you give us the scripture reference you were referring to earlier about the law of the picture? Right. And it really is a great um, picture of instructional leadership. So there's a buzzword in many of uh, the training seminars of leadership, no matter what venue, it's called instructional leader, get out from behind the desk and go do something with your employees and go model something for them so they can catch what you're doing. And that is something that training seminars all across the, the world really are teaching now. It's a huge thing. But Jesus amplified this so much in John chapter 13 because Jesus wanted his disciples to be servant leaders. And the best way he could teach them to be servant leaders is to create a picture I don't think ever left these disciples' minds. I think the sound of the dripping water, the feel of the towel on their feet, the atmosphere that they were in when this event occurred stuck with them the rest of their lives. It was the ultimate picture. And it's in John 13. He rises up from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself after he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with, his, with the towel wherewith he was girded. And we see the interaction with Simon, and Simon finds out the reason he is doing it. And so after he had washed their feet, verse 12, and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye, not, know ye what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye ought to also, to, we ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is uh, sent greater than he that, is, that sent him. Uh, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. And Jesus connected the reason why he did it so that they would follow in his example. And that's the law of the picture because the picture of the local church in Jesus' mind was people that were called to serve other people. And that's what really ministry is. You know, there's a reason why I think we enjoy visual entertainment so much. It, it reverberates with us. It connects right. with us on, a, on an emotional right. level. 
even uh, men who aren't necessarily emotional when it comes to crying easily can be emotional when it comes to being inspired right. by something we see, something that we viewed on, on a movie, knowing that it's fake. It can still be a little bit inspiring. Right. And uh, I believe that the law of the picture is essentially stating give your people who are in your group, give them something to see. That will inspire them. The problem with a lot of leaders is I think we believe that the spoken word is, enough, right? is more powerful right. than the visual. I think we've convinced ourselves, and you just said it right now, that, that the spoken word is even enough. Like, there's nothing else. I've said it. That's it. They, they don't need anything else from me. And I believe that that is a dangerous place for a leader to be. When they have convinced themselves that speaking is all that this child needs, all this teenager needs, all this adult needs, they've heard it, now I'm going to go in my office and lock the door, and they'll be okay. <laughs> no, that is not the case. In fact, I've noticed that as if I'm learning a job from someone, one of the best ways that I learn is I say, show it to me, and then maybe second or third time show it to me, then now watch me do it, and let's see if I do it right. But I have to see them with my own eyes what they're doing. Uh, recently, I was trying to learn something without someone showing it to me, and I made multiple mistakes. I had to figure out and go back. And this, this was like in the last two months. I had to go back and figure out what I did wrong. I had to call people because I had not had the opportunity to see it done. It, 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 you know, I'm, not, I'm 39. I've done a lot of things in my life. This was a simple task I could not complete because I could not see it done in front of me. And so we must understand that for children, for teenagers, for, for young men and women, that's going to be more so for them. Without life experience, right. not seeing it is a major hindrance. So they are seeing something. What are they seeing? Are they seeing this officer in Easy Company where they see him walking away, constantly giving excuses why he, why he or she is not there? Are they seeing when you are here, second-guessing yourself, making the wrong choices, self-destruction? What are they looking at? Make sure that what they're looking at inspires them to success. And I loved Maxwell's statement. Do you remember the question that was asked of him? Uh, what's the hardest thing? To, to lead up, to lead down, to lead sideways, right? What was his answer? Lead your, to lead, lead yourself. To lead he yourself. said, leading myself. He right. said, you know, leading, leading different people at different levels, leading, trying to lead those who, ha who have more authority than me, trying to lead those below me, lead those who are equal to me. He said, none of those things are as hard as leading myself. Right. That is the most difficult task. That is hit a chord with me as I read that statement. And I said, that is so true. That uh, honestly, for me, if I can keep myself in check and, and lead myself to God in that sense, a lot of other things naturally fall into place. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's probably why there are many leaders that don't want to stay as leaders is because they realize that they have to lead by example and they're not willing to pay the price to discipline themselves to do so. And that's the case in the military. It's the case a lot of times in the family where we give leadership over to somebody else in the family and we don't even try to share in it because we just don't think we can live up to the example that we're trying uh, to promote in our family. And that's what's very dangerous as fathers. If the reason why we're giving up our leadership is because we cannot emulate the character qualities we want our children to follow, well, that's a problem. So I look in here at 1 Timothy chapter 3, and when God talks about the kind of leaders that we should set up in our churches, he does not just say someone who wants to do right. He doesn't just say someone who desires this position. He actually does say, verse 1 of chapter 3, if they want it, they desire a good thing, but the desire is not enough. There is a list of qualities that leader must have 
before they're allowed to lead God's people. Right. How many churches do you think actually know this list? How many churches <laughs> use this list when hiring their next pastor? I wouldn't know, but from what I can tell nationally, internationally, from the men and women that are standing up and representing God's people, it doesn't seem to me like very many. No. <laughs> because if the churches were using this list, those guys wouldn't be representing God's church. Right, and unfortunately, we've gone to more of a corporate model where you're actually seeing churches hire headhunters to find their next pastor. That's true. <laughs> it's all that about you know all the things that are secular about this guy, and not secular, but in a way, you know, the the non-biblical qualities, so they can find the next leader of their people. And it had nothing nothing to do with the list in Second Timothy. You're right. Or First Timothy. You're right about that. So First Timothy chapter three says a lot of things, but if you look at them. It is, it is character trait after character trait after trait, character trait of, a, of an example to God's people. Uh, they need to be sober. They need to be hospitable. Uh, they need to not be a striker, not violent, right? They can't be a brawler, constantly looking for a fight. Can't be covetous. These are things that they are doing that are well and things they should not be doing that would hinder God's work. God wants his leaders to understand and to live the law of the picture because people are watching. Mm-hmm. Ethan, what do you think? Just along that idea of people are watching, I think the I think a really great passage for that is Matthew chapter ten. Mm-hmm. So this is during this is not the, at the tail end of his ministry. This is like middle. in in the right right in the smack dab middle, pretty much of the ministry of Jesus. And he goes to this list of hey, you're gonna here's what we're gonna ask you to do. So he says, and it's interesting because as, as you read that list, you think oh Jesus did that too, or he was going to do that later on as he was leading these men. Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, um, provide neither, basically be willing to carry, to have little to no finances, right? Oh, so that's Jesus too. And then verse 10, he said, be prepared to have not much clothing for your journey. Okay. Um, all right. That, that sounds like Jesus too. He, he traveled from city to city, didn't have much, you know. Um, and then he says, basically, when you go somewhere, preach. But don't worry about the results because people will probably kick you out in some places. So, and the, I read all these things, and he says, "Hey, I'm going to send you." Verse 16 is, is this is this is where it like, gets heavy and hard for them. It's, "Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wise as serpents, and harmless as doves." And so you listen to all these things that Jesus is telling these guys, and you're like, "That's a really hard list." Oh, that's really cool. He did that the entire time he was with them here on earth, mm-hmm. and, you know, we we read about these guys, these apostles. I mean, well, I mean, one of them goes off to the wayside, but. The, the group as a whole is used to turn, God uses them to turn the world upside down. But he didn't, he didn't just give them a bunch of instruction. He just it wasn't like, oh, they're here on Sunday, and they're gone. No, Jesus was constantly modeling for them, here's what it looks like to be a follower of Christ, to be a leader of belie- in, 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 the, in the community of believers. And so then that's, that's why I believe at the end, when we, get, we move to the book of Acts, and we see these guys, like the scriptures say, Turn the world, turning the world upside down because Jesus didn't just preach. He practiced what he preached. In Maxwell's chapter on the law of picture, and we'll kind of wrap things up with this, he gives four uh, what he calls modeling insights right. for leaders. The first one is followers are always watching what you do. We've said that many times. That's obviously in the definition of the picture, so let's right. move on to the next one. It's easier to teach what's right than to do what's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also been My said point. those who can't do... Teach, right? Yeah, thank you for that. Those who can't do, dad, teach, uh, teach that, is, that is a common statement. And I think true for very many people, right? How many basketball coaches can actually accomplish what they're asking of the team? How many track coaches can accomplish what they're asking of the team? They're mm-hmm. teaching what maybe they once could do and can no longer do themselves. 
But I love this particular statement. It's easier to teach what's right than to do what's right, which is why a lot of people revert to what's being taught right. because it's so hard to do it, and they've convinced themselves that words are sufficient. Right. Number three, we should work on changing ourselves before trying to improve others. Well, that's, a, uh, I think, a, a paired belief you know, to the Bible when Christ says, don't be judging others uh, when they got a speck in their eye and you got this massive right. moat in your own eye, right? Deal with your own problems first before you go and assist others, and then you can be a help to them. And then the fourth one, the most valuable gift a leader can give is being a good example. So, right. John, of those four, which one do you feel like uh, you would like to talk about, wrap things up tonight? Of those um, four? I think the um, we should change, we could work on changing ourselves before we try to improve others speaks volumes to me. Because a lot of times we, wa we walk into leadership positions that are just um, given to you by title, mm. right? And so here's your title, go. And you might have been given that title without really reaching the level of character or the le level of spiritual qualities that are needed to actually lead others. So it's very wise to not try to change everybody else around you until you have an idea that you have conformed to the image of Christ and you are trying to you know, gain ground in the things that you deal with. And so that's the one that I think really speaks to me because in, in, in reality, your vision might be different when you're not the way you should be, and it's going to probably get where it should be once you finally change yourself to be how you are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. then, then your vision, and so now you might cast a vision and have to change it because you finally made the changes in yourself that needed to happen. I think the danger, and you are right. Right. The danger, though, could be, well, I just won't lead until I'm fixed. Right. And I mean, that's you can not never possible. do anything. No, it's not so I think that the benefit is is to this statement is it doesn't. It's not saying you can't lead at all. Right. But don't lead in an area you yourself have not yet accomplished. There are other ways to lead. There are other areas to lead. Right. Don't be jumping forward on the ones that are weakest to you partner with others who have gained that strength, let them lead in that particular area while you lead in your strengths, work on your weaknesses so that you one day can also lead in those areas as well. Mm -hmm. The danger is the leader who finds himself alone. Now they must lead in all areas, including right, their weaknesses. Right. And the danger is the leader who doesn't want to partner with other leaders. They are right. forcing themselves to either be great at everything or to fake it. And neither of those is going to work very well. Nope. Ethan, these four statements, which one would you like to discuss here wrapping things up? Number four. The most, Go ahead. The most valuable gift a leader can give is being a good example. We, live, we literally live in a society where that is an absent value. So you think of fatherless homes. You think of the young men. Like, you know, people are saying, where are young men in the church? But they're nowhere to be found because there's multiple reasons. But one of the biggest reasons is because they haven't seen a leader – either at the church or at home, at school, or probably all of the above, that is a good example. And so it just becomes a high priority for, number one, as, as men, we have to make sure that we are raising up the next generation by being good examples for them. But not only just being a good example, but literally, I guess, letter B to that point, seeking out guys who are in need of that. Because mm. we have some guys in our church who do a great job right. of that, of looking out for guys, and, and, and we, can't, we can't have enough of that. Um, especially, you know, we live in one of those cities where there's a lot of, you know, um, far, fatherless homes where a lot of kids who don't have a father figure or mm -hmm. who have stepfather figures and it's all messed up. Like they need 
we live in a world where people need to have an example of what it means to be a, a, a godly leader. So, okay, yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you can be here with us again next Sunday as we continue through this book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, looking at Law 14. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good night.